Hola, como estas? This is Nick Amell, host of the Tennis Podcast. I'm Brandon, sidekick host of the Tennis Podcast. No rolling R burrito there? <laughs> no. Brandon, how are you surviving Snowpocalypse 2021? Uh, I guess I'm fine. I stayed inside all day and ate roast beef. Roast beef? Yeah, I made a roast. Now, is that like innuendo no, for something? that's what I did. I made a roast and I ate some of the roast. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, great. It is a snowy, wintry night. I looked earlier, the uh, like the real feel on the weather mm-hmm. is negative 15, which I can't remember ever seeing that in Oklahoma. So, well, it must be a sign. It's that... a good night to binge watch something, right? Well, yeah, maybe, but I'm fucking stuck here doing this instead with you. We're going to be talking about something you can binge watch. Tonight, we're, our list, we wait, yeah, tell them the show. You tell them the yeah, show. Yeah, real, real quick. If you're new to the show, first of all, where you been? Under a rock? <sighs> Secondly, this is a show where either myself or Brandon bring a top 10 list with some fun facts and trivia included, and uh, the other doesn't know what the list is ahead of time, tries to guess. So today, Brandon has brought his list. I don't know what it is until he tells me, and I will guess it. Yeah, so we're... I'll guess the items on the list, I should yeah, say. Yeah, we're representing the ish part in our 10-ish name, because it's the top seven longest-running scripted U.S. primetime television series. Now, I say top seven because there's one number one, one number two, two tied for number three, two tied for number four, one number five, two number sixes, and no less than five tied for number seven. So, 14 total. Seven placements, but 14 total. Seven placements, 14 total. This is by number of seasons. Number of seasons, mm-hmm. a longest running scripted television series ever. Yeah. Right? Prime okay. time television series. Can they still be running? Yes. In fact, one, right. two, three, four, six of them are currently still running. I think that says something about today's TV culture a little bit, right? Yeah. That Where you keep shows running past their due date just because to keep getting the, the money. Well, it's because there's nothing new going on. It's because well, like the future is stalled. Have you noticed like if you think about the difference between 1960, 1970, 1970, 1980, 1980 to 1990, those seem like big jumps, right? Yeah. Then 1990 to 2000, maybe a smaller jump, 2000 to 2010, like the differences are not that, like, what, it, what's the defining distinction between the 2000s and 2010s? You know what I mean? Apple Watch. Maybe so, but... I would say streaming, honestly. I mean, I guess that's not like a technological... I mean, it sort of is, but that's how I would characterize... Like, the streaming services, like the Netflixes and Hulus, Amazon Primes, etc., they all kind of took off or didn't even exist until the 2010s. I will tell you that out of the ones that are still running... There's only a couple, there's only two on here that I know people personally who say, who like watch them, the new ones as they air. So, most of them, I'm like, I don't even know who the people are who are watching. Our parents. That's a very good clue for at least one of these. Okay. You better start guessing because there's a lot of shit to guess. Okay. So, top seven, but 14 in total. Mm-hmm. Longest running by season. Okay. Why don't I guess around number seven is Seinfeld. Seinfeld is nowhere, isn't even on, there's the, the wiki article from which I got this is the list of longest running scripted primetime TV series in the United States. The lowest number of seasons on it is seven and Seinfeld yeah. is nine. Yeah. And it is like way, way, way down the list. 
Huh. Okay. Well, I, I knew it wasn't going to be near number one, but I thought it might be obviously number seven. So, no. I see that's wrong. That's Seinfeld's nine seasons, so it didn't crack. Okay. How about a show, I want to say they either just had their last season or their last season's coming up and that's uh, Big Bang Theory. No, The Big Bang Theory had 12 seasons and it is not in the top seven. Wow. So, okay. Hmm. <sighs> Cheers is, uh, well, I think Cheers was 10 if I'm not mistaken. Cheers had 11 seasons. Okay. Well, I'm almost positive what number one is or at least tied for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the one I'm about to guess has got to be around number three or four or two, and that's South Park. No, South Park. Or is that considered like animated? I don't know if that's like a difference. It is a scripted U.S. primetime television series. Because it's in the 20s now, right? Yeah, maybe it's because it's not on a major network. Like all of the networks that we're talking here... Prime time. Oh, only shows that have been aired on a major broadcast network for seven or more seasons and at least 100 episodes are included. Broadcast. Those that, are, yeah. those that move to a cable network or syndication are noted below. But the, yeah, the, it was, yeah, you're right. South Park is excluded because it was, uh, did not air on a major broadcast network. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I guess I should that have helps. said that up top. Yeah. Uh, one could argue that you should have said that up top for sure. All right, well then, what about, uh, I don't have any idea how many seasons this show is, but I know I hear about it from time to time, and that's Days of Our Lives. No, prime time. Oh, you're right. That's a daytime. Fuck. Okay. But stay with me here, everybody. We have no choice but to stay with you. Okay. It's always sunny. It's always oh, wait, sunny? That's what comes on cable. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Oh man, this is not a, this is a bad sign. <laughs> well, I I know a lot of shows, but the fact that they have to be on broadcast is uh tripping me up here a little bit. You've heard of every single one of these. There's one out of these 14 that I I'm, I'm sure you haven't heard of and I tell you what. Let's so start is, is reality no, not considered. No, no, the reality shows aren't on here cuz it's scripted. Well, one could argue. Okay, so, but these yeah. are officially scripted. Let me just give you the very last one on this list, one of the five tied for number seven, is the Jack Benny program. Had 15 seasons. Now, this is by far the most obscure on this list. The rest of these, like I said, six are still airing to this day. The, every single one of the rest of these you could watch today, uh, even if you had to watch um, them on like TV land. The Jack Benny program is not, to my knowledge, airing anywhere uh, in syndication right now. No, I don't know what that is. Jack Benny was a comedian. His show, The Jack Benny Program, uh, started as radio and then moved to television. It was generally regarded as a high watermark in 20th century American comedy. I had heard of it, but I had no idea it was 15 seasons. I can't say I've ever seen a minute of The Jack Benny Program. In trying to explain his successful life, Benny summed it up by saying, Everything good that happened to me happened by accident. I was not filled with ambition, nor fired by a drive toward a clear-cut goal. I never knew exactly where I was going. Well, thanks, Jack Benny, for making the rest of us feel like shit. No, that should make you feel awesome. No. He's saying, like, his success is, you know, definitely being humble towards his own talent, but, like, a lot of guys are in his position would have been huge fucking blowhards about how hard they worked yeah. and all that shit. Instead, he said, like, all this good shit happened just by accident. 
he admitted that he was not filled with ambition or fired for a drive towards any kind of goal. Mm-hmm. He probably just enjoyed what he was doing and obviously like some luck was involved and he got compensated well for it. But I love it when somebody who's really successful isn't also a blowhard about like, well, I did something that fucking nobody else could ever do. Yeah, I, I see that argument. To play devil's advocate, my initial take on that was all the millions of people that do try hard and do like have a dream, mm-hmm. whether or not they're talented, many of them are, and they never get anywhere. But this guy just kind of fell into it. Well, But I, I think what you said is also a good reading of it. I'm just... That's also yeah. optimistic because the luck is just around the corner. Lady luck's a real bitch. All right, you need to keep on guessing. You need luck to be around your corner. Yeah, I fucking do. All right, so 15 seasons is my water level here. Yeah. So, that rules out Friends because that was 10, I think. Yes. Six of them are still going and they're on broadcast. One, two, three of them that are still going are animated. Oh. Prime time though. Yeah. Family Guy. Family Guy is tied for number four. Knew it. It has 19 seasons and it's still running. I didn't know it was still running. I haven't watched... You know, I've probably watched, I don't know, 20, 30 total episodes of Family Guy in my life. Yeah, I'd say it's comparable with me. Whenever I do see it, I do enjoy it and I do laugh. But I don't think I've seen a full episode in probably a couple of years now. Yeah. Three, four, five years. I've seen uh, roughly 8 to 10% of the total Family Guy out there. Well, you need to get cracking then. Now, for those who don't know, Family Guy is an American animated sitcom created by Seth MacFarlane who narrowly escaped certain death on September 11th when he missed his plane. You know that? Did we talk about that ever? Yeah, we've talked about that. Because remember, we mentioned it not too long ago when we were talking about Mark Wahlberg saying oh, yeah, he was going to rescue the plane himself if he had been on it. He said fucking none of that shit would have happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking none of that shit would have happened. So, yeah, the series centers on the Griffins, a family consisting of parents Peter and Lois, their children Meg, Chris, and Stewie, and their anthropomorphic pet dog, Brian. This show is set in the fictional city of, do you say it, Quahog? No, Cohort. Or, uh, wait a minute. How is it spelled? Quahog. Q-U-A-H-O-G. It's not Quahog for sure. Quahog. I think it's Quahog, maybe? Quahog, Quahog. Rhode Island. Uh, exhibits much of its surreal and dark humor in the form of metafictional cutaway gags that often lampoon American culture. The way wiki articles describe mm-hmm. humor sometimes, it's almost like it, it's so clinical, it completely kills it. Like, oh, yeah, the magic's gone now. They do use metafictional cutaway gags that lampoon American culture. Mm-hmm. The Family Guy has gotten a lot of shit for having poor animation from the animation community. I don't know. With Family Guy, I see like animation as like, I don't think Seth MacFarlane is like a huge like fan of, or like he's passionate about animation, but it's like way cheaper for him to do all the visual gags that he needs to do with animation. That's Yeah, animation's not the point of the show. Right. Yeah, the the jokes, uh, yeah, animation's just the vehicle. One of my notes here is that Nick and I actually in real life know someone who looks like Peter Griffin. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And but it's a lady. It's a lady. <laughs> it's a lady, Peter Griffin. It's uncanny, though. 
We used to work. If you work- saw her across the room, you might think she's cosplaying. We used to work with a, a woman that, yeah, if you bumped into her in the, in the canteen, God bless, she looks exactly like Peter Yeah, Griffin. and I bumped into her a couple of times, am I right? Oh, God bless. <laughs> Hell of an ass on her. <laughs> so, that's Family Guy tied for number four with one other show. All right, so Family Guy's tied with another 19 season show? Mm-hmm. Now, this other 19-season show would be difficult for you to guess. I will say uh, it's, let's see, let me tell you, it uh, aired on CBS from 1954 to 1971. So, Uh, I'm not going to get it. Let me give you another strong clue. It starred a dog. Oh, Lassie? Lassie. You did get it. That's not too bad. Well, that show, 19 seasons of that shit, though. Yeah, see, there's some shocking stuff in here. 19 seasons. Of old Lassie. God damn. How many times is Timmy getting stuck in that well? Funny you bring up the well. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Lassie was an American television series that follows the adventures of a female rough collie dog named Lassie and her companions, both human and animal. Uh, Now, the first 10 seasons follow Lassie's adventures in a fictional small farming community. Her first human companions are 11-year-old Jeff Miller, his mother Erin, and his grandfather. And then his new owner is 7-year-old Timmy Martin and his parents, who took over in the fourth season. Lassie's exploits on the farm end in the 11th season. She finds new adventures in the wilderness (laughs) along United States Forest Service Rangers. After traveling on her own for a year, Lassie finally settles at a children's home for her final two syndicated seasons. So, this dog's what, like 28 years old by the end? 54 to 71, that's, uh, yeah, 17 yeah, years. 17 she wasn't born. Old. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. She was, gotta be, let's say, let's say she was one year old. She was just out of being a yeah. puppy. This is an 18-year-old collie. In the end, does she still look like a young lass or is she... Got some gray in the. You don't think in the last episode she died of like kidney failure? Really? No, I'm just. I mean, I guess (laughs) that would be. That's like in real life, your dog dies of like renal failure. Yeah, I wonder how many lassies they got to do the show. I bet there were like ten or more because I bet they had multiple lassies for even one season sometimes. When I was a kid, it wasn't airing when I was a kid. By the way, when it was (laughs) No, no, it's okay. We got it. The version that aired in syndication when I was a kid that used to come on in the morning. Uh, when we were getting ready for school, we didn't have cable at that time. It aired at like six and six. Do you have color TVs yet? It aired on like six <laughs> and six thirty, like so fucking super early in the morning. So it always makes me feel like I'm up too early when I see Lassie. But it was the version with Timmy Martin on the farm. Quick sidebar: When I was uh, like third, fourth grade, so you know, nine, ten years old, uh, me and all the other bros were really into Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And the new episodes of the cartoon series would come out Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Isn't that some horse shit? Because this is before DVRs and shit. Most kids. Why do they do that? Nobody wants to fucking wake up at 8 a- before 8 a.m. on a weekend when you're 10. Well, if you're a fucking dweeb into Pokemon, I'm sure you... <laughs> I fucking sure did. Set your alarm for 7.59. Bet your ass. Uh, so, plots during the first 10 Boy and His Dog seasons of Lassie were similar. Uh, the boy was Jeff or Timmy, got into some kind of trouble, and then Lassie fucking ran away to get help. <laughs> <laughs> in more real life, when you got in trouble, your dog would run away and it would just go like 
<laughs> lick its ass by a bush for an hour oh while my. you bled out <laughs> in a cave. Chase a squirrel around. Yeah. Uh, so, she either ran off to get help or she even rushed in to save her master's life herself. And then after being reunited with family and breathing a sigh of relief, the boy received a light lecture on why he should not have done what he had done. Grown-ups, am I right, kids? June Lockhart was the mom on the show, and she described it in 2004 as a fairy tale about people on a farm in which the dog solves all the problems in 22 minutes in time for the last commercial. Uh, Joan Provost, who played Timmy, he called his autobiography Timmy's in the Well. Because a well is one of the places that Timmy actually never fell into. He fell into abandoned mine shafts, off of cliffs, into rivers, lakes, and quicksand, but he never fell into a well. Hmm, I wonder how that became like the famous go-to about it. I don't know. The song in... (laughs) I don't know. We can wonder all the fucking day about that, I guess. (laughs) The song in the intro of the show, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember? No. The song in the intro last, at least in the Timmy years, features this whistling. Sing it. I can't whistle. Not like this. It features this whistling <laughs> that when it starts, it makes me feel, feel so fucking depressed. It must be because, <laughs> it must be because I heard it at like 6.02 a.m. when I was eating a Pop-Tart. And then, you know, like. I'm looking at a <laughs> Pop-Tart. Let's see it. Hang on a sec. Yeah, you're right. Sort of lonesome. It's like there's a harp in there too, maybe. It's so sad. And the same thing happens with the theme song to MASH. I think I've mentioned that before too. Theme song to MASH is a song called Suicide is Painless. And the first few notes of it make me want to slit my wrists. (laughs) And I think it's because MASH went off in the afternoons. It was in syndication in the afternoon right before cartoons came on. So, you used to turn over and I would catch the last like three minutes of MASH and it would play this most like uh, depressing song. Made me think like, man, war must be really depressing. Nah. It wasn't all fun like the 80s made it seem like with G.I. Joe. Yeah. War, what is it good for? Not good music. Actually, some of the best music ever has been yeah, born I guess out of so. war. But I, I get your point. I watched a little bit of Lassie earlier just to like refresh my memory. And the very first thing I saw was Timmy, who looks like he's six years old, in his little 1950s bedroom. And he's folding and putting away his clothes. And then he straightened his already made bed. And I was like, fucking, this took me right out of reality. This is bullshit. <laughs> Can you imagine? You have a kid who's uh, uh, five or six? Uh, six. Six. Six and a half. Can you imagine her folding and putting away her clothes on her own and then straightening her bed to make sure it looks perfectly neat? Well, it's funny because my kid, I, she might have some sort of clinical OCD oh, because crazy. she does, <laughs> she makes her bed, but she does it at night before she lays down in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that stupid? So, she gets it all ready. And she's like obsessive over it and, if, and she'll get on to you if you mess it up and then she will get in very neatly to where, kind of like George and the oh, right. tucked blankets in Seinfeld. <laughs> she slips in very neatly into the, yeah, what she's making, yeah. I see that as more as making a pallet. Okay. She's making her bed, you know, yeah. rather than like putting your bed away neatly for the day. I can give her that. 
Do kids really do that? Uh, do kids really fold to put away their own clothes and then straighten it all? Yeah, they do if they've been beaten every day that they didn't do it in the, like in the 1950s. Uh, parenting was so much simpler in the 1950s, Brandon. So, the last thing about this is uh, I skipped to the end credits because I couldn't remember what they were. And they're the same song, the same depressing song over a shot of Lassie. She's sitting there and she's looking at the camera as the credits go by. And then about almost at the end of the song, she holds up one paw, like, you know, like uh, when you teach your dog to shake. Mm -hmm. And I had this <laughs> memory of being a kid and she holds her hand up to shake and my little brother would put his hand up to the TV screen like he was shaking it. And I would make, <laughs> <What> a... <laughs> I would like laugh and spit, you know, pop tart out of my mouth and make fun of him. <laughs> it's not a real dog, you retard. Oh, Christ. That, see, that kind of brotherly love is what I missed out on in my life. Yeah. No brothers. Uh, that's Lassie, tied for number four, 19 seasons. Hey, you. Have you got an urge for merch? We've got your merch right here. That's right. We've got new tennis merch. You can satisfy yourself with a new t-shirt featuring my body elves. You can meet your needs with our new peanut butter is the new water t-shirt. You can get yours with our Just Go Ahead and Unsubscribe t-shirt. Or if you don't care to be a part of an inside joke, there's our Tennis Retro Logo t-shirt. All of these are available in multiple colors in both men's and women's fits. We also have mugs and stickers for sale. And this month only, get free shipping with code NEWSHIT. All one word, all caps, NEWSHIT. Offer expires March 31st. Visit tennispod.com slash merch. That's 10ishpod.com slash M-E-R-C-H merch. Well, I'm really struggling with the shows that could still be on because I could think of a lot of like reality shows like American Idol type shows that are still on. It's hard for me to think of shows that are scripted. Oh, you know what? Law and Order? That's Is that still on uh, broadcast? There are two shows in the Law and Order universe on the list tonight. I'll start with just regular old plain old Law and Order, which is what you said, is no longer running. Uh, it had 20 seasons. Jesus. Law and Order started in 1990 and ran to 2010. It's number, tied for number three on the list with one other show and uh, 20 seasons. It aired on NBC at 456 episodes. How much shit happened between 1990 and 2010? A bunch of shit. A bunch of shit, yeah. Never seen a full episode. You know, I take that back. I think I did watch an episode in uh, high school, actually. It was, uh, what class was that? Sociology, maybe? No. Criminal, it might have been criminal something. Is high anyway. school's really bullshit if they're like, uh, I don't know, why don't you guys watch some Law and Order? <laughs> it was the Furries episode. I think that was Law and Order. If not, it was another show like Law and Order where... There was some sort of uh, crime or murder during a furries convention. It was it a warning to you for you guys not to get into furry stuff? I have no fucking, I don't recall why we watched it, but we watched it full episode. You guys are looking at each other during the show like, I guess we got to throw away all of our mascot outfit. Never. So, Law and Order was an American police procedural, procedural and legal drama television series created by, this guy's name is the last name. Uh, I know name, the name. Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. Yeah. I like to say it like uh, Dick Wolf. Yeah, like it's one, like a superhero name. Yeah, almost. like it's a kind of wolf. It's a Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf's definitely better than Dick Buttkiss, right? Yeah. 
Uh, so it's set and filmed in New York City, or it was set and filmed in New York City. And it followed this two-part approach where in the first half hour, they investigate the crime. Sometimes, most of the time, it's a murder. And then they apprehend a suspect by uh, New York City Police Department detectives. In the second half hour, the prosecution of the, that defendant happens. It's by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. The plots are often based on real cases that recently made the headlines. I've watched just a few here and there. Most people know the music and the sound effect from Law and Order. The theme music, you know that, right? Bum 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 bum. Bum 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 bum. Bow bow bow. It's got a little bow bow bow. It was composed by veteran composer Mike Post and was deliberately designed to be minimal to match the abbreviated style of the series. Mike Post wrote the theme song using the electric piano, guitar, and clarinet. Now, he also did clarinet. The he also did theme songs for the A Team, the Rockford Files, Quantum Leap, and Magnum PI, which are like four of my favorite TV theme songs. Well, so shout out to Mike Post, listener of the show and Patreon member. None of those theme songs are as good as the King of Queens theme song. <laughs> My back is getting tight. <laughs> God damn, his back must have been really tight the way that he emphasizes that. Queensboro Bridge tonight. Mike Post also created the clang sound, which is what they call the sound uh, for between sea changes. Now, you know that sound, right? What is it? Sorry, I was looking up King of Queens lyrics. Tell me again what you said. Uh, the sound in Law and Order that you hear in scene changes. You know what I'm talking about? They call Maybe. it the clang. Oh, yeah. Comedian yeah. Richard Belzer calls that sound the Dick Wolf cash register sound. <laughs> I like that. The tone, according to Post, it moves the viewer from scene to scene, jumping forward in time with all the importance and mediacy of a judge's gavel. So that's what it is. It's a gavel? Yeah, it's kind of like a gavel. So that's it. That's Law and Order. Now, there's another Law and Order show on this list, though. Before you reveal that, uh, I looked up the King of Queens lyrics, and there's a story, like a news story, about how uh, a guy texted it to his girlfriend, like the lyrics, as a poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And she, she like, got teary-eyed she loved it. and loved it. Yeah. <laughs> what a dickhead. That's awesome. <laughs> Here's the lyrics, just real quick. I'll just take 10 seconds. My eyes are getting weary. My back is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. But I don't care because all I want to do is cash my check and drive right home to you. Because baby, all my life, I will be driving home to you. That is pretty romantic. Yeah, I mean, it takes like someone who's in a very specific sit. You have to be someone who takes the Queensboro Bridge home. Yeah. You have to be someone whose back could conceivably get tight with the type of work they do. He is commuting in the night. And (laughs) uh, what was the last thing? Oh, cash his check. Uh, He has to cash his check. So, he this can't be someone who uses direct deposit or even does uh, like drive up deposit or something. This is someone who cashes their check and takes the full cash home with them, which is very exceedingly rare. Cash my check can also be like just a saying. It doesn't mean you literally get cash for it. Some people can use cash my check to refer to depositing it, I think. Anyway, that's King of Queens. Kevin James, underrated show. 
And the other Law & Order in the top seven is SVU. Yeah, uh, Law & Order Special Victims Unit is number two on the list, 22 seasons, and it is still airing. Uh, Law & Order Special Victims Unit airs on NBC, and it started in 1999, still airing. Year of our Lord. 484 episodes. It's an American crime drama TV series, again created by Dick Wolf for NBC. <laughs> it stars Mariska Hardigay as one-time lead detective and later Captain Olivia Benson, the commanding officer of the Special Victims Unit in a fictionalized version of the New York City Police Department. Christopher Maloney played the other SVU lead detective, Elliot Stabler, until he left the series in 2011 after 12 seasons. Maloney will return to star as Stabler this year in a spinoff series, Law & Order Organized Crime. Yeah. SVU follows the style of the original Law & Order in that the episodes are loosely based on real crimes that have received media attention. These episodes are referred to as having been ripped from the headlines. Uh, now, it starts out with this kind of like... Isn't ice tea in it? Yeah. You didn't mention that. Well, I'm fucking getting to it. All right. I'd lead with that. The show starts out like kind of telling you that there's no jokes allowed here. It says, in the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. So, bum, 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 bum. sexually based offenses that are considered especially heinous. So, this is not, usually, not good yuck fodder, right? Hmm. It delves into the dark side of the New York underworld as the detectives of this new elite force investigate and prosecute various sexually oriented crimes, including rape, pedophilia, and domestic violence. They also investigate yeah, this isn't fun. child abuse, the disabled, and elderly victims of non-sexual crimes who require specialist handling, all while trying to balance the effects of the investigation on their own lives. They try not to let the dark side of these crimes affect them. Now, I know Christopher Maloney, plays Elliot Stabler, has not let these crimes affected him. He also played, he, this guy has great range. I guess I'm a Christopher Maloney fan. You might recognize him other than from SVU then as he played Commander Winslow in The Handmaid's Tale. Did he? Uh, look him up real quick. I know you recognize this guy. Okay, so uh, last note I got here. It stars uh, $500,000 per episode, Mariska Hardigay. She gets half a million dollars per episode. Wow. Stand-up comedian and conspiracy theorist Richard Belzer and former rapper and pimp Ice-T. Was he a legit pimp? Yes. Why does he get a free pass on that shit? So that's Ice-T and Law & Order SVU. Hmm. Sorry, I'm distracted reading Ice-T's wiki now. His name's Tracy, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so let's see what I got here. I got Jack Benny, Family Guy, Lassie, Law, Law & Order, and Law & Order SVU. How many other animated shows are there? Two other animated shows on this list, and they're both still running. And I know number one is animated. You can, don't, don't save it. If everyone knows it, don't make, you don't have to make them wait to the end every time. I'm doing it. Or I'm okay. at least going to try, I'm going to try a few other guesses first. So, what other animated series? Is it a show intended for adults? Yeah, it's in prime time. Futurama? That was Comedy Central. No, that's a, or, that's no, no, a no. fair guess, but no, it's not Futurama. 
Same network, Fox. American Dad? American Dad. I didn't think I'd been on that long. I know. Are you, it, like, are you fucking kidding me? And, like, not that this list has to be, like, you know, a pedestal at which we hold all television shows up to, but to keep a show running that long does give it some sort of, like, indication that, like, there must be, you know, this is a part of our culture. Yeah. For this amount of years, like, this show's part of... I never hear anyone talk about that show. No, I've never watched an episode of... Now, I'm not shitting on it because... Uh, from what I've read, it started out being very similar to, it looks like a, you know, a, just another version of Family Guy, only instead yeah, of a talking dog, animation. it's an alien. Right. Mm-hmm. But it apparently it's gotten, like Seth MacFarlane hasn't been as involved with it and it's been more strange and surreal. Uh, but let me quickly tell you that it is tied for number six. Uh, it has 17 seasons. It focuses on the eccentric upper middle class Smith family in the fictional community of Langley Falls, Virginia, and their three housemates. So there's a father, husband, and CIA agent, Republican, and breadwinner named Stan. Uh huh. Stan Smith. Stan's wife, who's a homemaker or housewife, Francine. Their college aged daughter, Haley, who is a, like a leftist hippie. Their dorky high school aged son, Steve. And then three uh, additional main characters, including Haley's boyfriend and later husband, Jeff Fisher. Their unusual goldfish, Klaus, who has the brain of an East German athlete. Okay. And Roger the alien, who is a deceitful, self-serving master of disguise. Are they like hiding Roger from the world? Or is Roger like from out about? what I read, at first he was supposed to stay at home and wisecrack like Alf. But then they realized it would be funnier for him to like go out into the world and interact with people. Um, so I guess he leads a lot. Just and like uh, Brian does in Family Guy. Right. That's also why he's a master of disguise. Uh, real quick, you mentioned um, Haley, the daughter, mm-hmm. is a leftist hippie. Mm-hmm. It's a little redundant, don't you think? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's all I got on American Dad. There's yeah. 17 fucking seasons. Uh, 17 seasons. That's a lot. Of American Dad. It started in 2005 and it's still running. Yeah, I remember when it first came out. Okay, are there any other shows from like the 50s, 60s? Yes. So one of the shows that's tied for number three ran from 1955 to 1975. Man. And that's it. The other ones are all recent. Give me hints on that one, the 55. It's a Western. 75. There's like two big long-running westerns. Yeah. One was Bonanza, ran on NBC from 1959 to 1973. Now, that's the one that had Big Hoss and Michael Landon as Little Joe. Bonanza ran for 14 seasons. Yeah. The other one, the other cowboy show that had a whole lot more guest stars and stuff that I recognize, ran for 20 seasons on CBS. It's not the one with like Who Shot J.R.? That's, no, that's Dallas. Dallas ran for yeah. 14 seasons also. You know, I probably have heard of the show, but it's escaping me right now. So, just tell me. Gunsmoke. Yes. Gunsmoke is one that I probably, it would have been like on the tip of my tongue and then when you said it, I would have been like mad at myself that I didn't think of Gunsmoke. You're describing me right now. So, I can't say I've seen in a full episode of Gunsmoke. I think I watched little bits of it when it was on syndication when I was a kid started out as an American radio and then switched over to a television Western drama series. The story's taking place in and around Dodge City, Kansas, 
During the settlement of the American West, the central character is lawman Marshal Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon? Yeah, but it's not, you know, he's a marshal. Marshal Dillon. He played, it was played by William Conrad on the radio and James Arness on television. Now, the 20 uh, Seasons is referring to the TV only, the TV show only, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you count the radio, it, yeah, it dominated. It was the longest running primetime TV action series until September 2019 when the 21st season premiere of Law & Order SVU surpassed it. Wow. So, it was only recently that they were knocked off. Now, do you, you don't know anything about it? Like, do you know that uh, Marshall nope. Dillon had a girlfriend named Miss Kitty? Nope. Now, I did know about Miss Kitty when I was little. I thought you fucking did. Something about Miss Kitty must have stuck out to me. Miss Kitty was a saloon girl or a dance hall girl. Oh, baby. Now, they never said what her actual job was. But, well, like, we all know. Like, after a long day of fighting bad guys, Marshall Dillon would go get a piece of kitty yeah that that was too risque to even say her job title back in those days uh burt reynolds was on the show for a few years in the early 60s gives it some cred now it was canceled canceled in hmm. 1975 the entire cast was stunned by the cancellation they were unaware that cbs was even considering it according to arness who played marshall matt Dillon, he said we didn't do a final wrap-up show we finished the 20th year. We all expected to go on for another season or two or three. The network never told anybody they were thinking of canceling. The cast and crew read the news in the trade papers. Why? It seemed to have been a habit of CBS, three other popular shows on CBS. Gilligan's Island, Lost in Space, and The Incredible Hulk met the same fate in the same abrupt manner. Where CBS canceled them and didn't tell them and they read about it in trade magazines. When they filmed the final season, they didn't know it was the final season. Yeah, no, they didn't. I wonder if there was a uh, satisfying resolution or not. Probably not. No, I don't know. They never had anything else. Did you say Gilligan's Island was the same way? Gilligan's Island was the same way. They just canceled it. So, they never got off the island then? I don't know. Did they not? Do I, Now, I kind of want to know. Did they get off the fucking... I'm sure they, they must have done something to show that they got off the island, right? I'm Are looking, you looking it up yeah, too? A... Did they? There's only three seasons? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they never made it off the island. They all died on there. Three seasons? I they never would have. I mean, it's like one of the most famous shows of all time. People that are born 60 years after it aired know about, I've heard of the show Going Island. Yeah, I would have guessed it would have. I would have guessed there was more, more seasons too. Well, Gillian's Island, not in the top 10. Or Seven. No. So, the rest of the shows are all recent or still running. Yep. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy is on the list. It's the other one tied for number six. It's tied with American Dad with 17 seasons. I'm sorry, it's still but running. stupid. Yeah. I think people are going to not be surprised to learn we're not a couple of Grey's Anatomy fans. I've seen a few, though. My wife watches it. I've seen it. a few. I've seen enough to know that it's not for me. Yeah. It's an American medical drama television series that focuses on the lives of surgical interns, residents, and then attendings as they develop into seasoned doctors while balancing personal and professional relationships. They're all fucking each other, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. And the note, my note was from what little I've seen, I could tell you that I hate 
the character of Meredith, and I hate the nickname McDreamy. I don't think adding Mick on the beginning of anything makes it funny. Also, maybe it's offensive to Irish people. Do you ever think of that? Well. <laughs> now, if you could wake their drunk asses up, they'd hate hearing about that. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. Each installment typically begins with a voiceover narrative from Meredith Grey or another season regular. It foreshadows the theme of the episode. And it's very in love with itself, with the shit that they say to themselves at the beginning and the end. Real quick. So, I know it's a episodic show, you know, the storylines are connected season to season, all that. But isn't it also true that each episode is fairly self-contained? Yeah. I, I swear, like, maybe 10 years ago, they started getting crazy, like, doing shit like being in the middle of airplane crashes and, like, terrorist events and... But Dreamy got hit by a like, train or some shit. Right? Yeah, I don't know, but I know all kinds of crazy, ridiculous shit happens because when a show runs for 17 seasons, you got to dig for crazy shit to start happening. And I'm still going to. Here's how, if you've never seen an episode of Grey's Anatomy and you're like, I wonder if this show is for me. This is how it's not a typical episode. And when I read this, I was like, holy shit, this is why I can't stand this show. It's like they make you want to feel sorry for the mostly privileged people who are in the position of being well-educated um, They're all attractive. medical doctors. They're all yeah. in shape. They're all <laughs> medical degrees making bank. I mean, yeah. Which is fine, but it's yeah, very... It, like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Good for them, but like, I got real problems over here. After arriving at the hospital each morning, the residents argue over who gets the challenge of a certain patient who has arrived that day. A hospital superior assigns cases, often generating tension between the residents and their superiors. Once assigned a case, each doctor diagnoses the patient with the help of his or her attending physician, which usually leads to surgery. The surgeons tend to form personal connections with their patients, with the patient often conveying a message to his or her doctor which unintentionally relates to the doctor's private life. The show displays the growth of relationships between the doctors, either friendly or romantic, which may produce conflicts between their personal and professional lives. Isn't this just called a fucking show? When, when do they fuck? Emotional scenes are often accompanied by an indie rock background song, something that has become <laughs> that a, a hallmark of the thing? series. Yeah. <laughs> And the indie rock that they put on here often is like mainstream America's version of indie rock. At the conclusion of each episode, one of the characters delivers another voiceover, typically contrasting or following up on the initial one. Now, I know that that show has a lot of appeal with a lot of people, particularly with women, and please feel free to shit on any of the shows that I like. I, this show's obviously just not for me. Except Seinfeld. Can't shit on Seinfeld. Yeah. And if you do, hit that unsubscribe button. So that's Grey's Anatomy. You've gotten a lot off this list. You have number one, you have there's one number five, and then you have the four other number sevens. How many others are still running? Number one and number five are still running. Oh, Saturday Night Live? Does that count? No, it's not in prime time. It's late night. And it's not scripted. Well, it is scripted, asshole. Yeah, but I don't know if they would call it scripted because not all of it is scripted. All right, give me a hit on five. On number five, it's yeah. ran for 18 seasons, has run for 18 seasons on CBS. It started in 2003 
How would I describe this show? Is there a big, is there a big yellow giant frogman named Gola Gola? No. <laughs> My parents watched this show. I think they've watched it for like all 18 seasons. I know that doesn't really help you, but it does. Um, think about like the quintessential CBS primetime show of like, everybody is beautiful. Everyone has a gun. Everyone has a dramatic backstory. So Grey's Anatomy, minus the guns. Uh, but And only bears a, a passing resemblance to reality. All right, give me like the genre. The, the show title is just letters. It's an acronym. This is killing me. I know I know it. Its lead star actor is Mark Harmon. I gotta look his ass up. Oh, I've definitely seen this guy. Oh, NCIS. NC... <laughs> NCIS is number five on this list. I knew it. Aired for 18 seasons on CBS and it's still fucking going. Or Carmen is a handsome guy for sure. Uh, it's an American action police procedural television series. It revolves around a fictional team of special agents of Naval Criminal Investigative Service Major Case Response Team. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> special agents. Uh, based in Washington, D.C. field office, the Washington Navy, Naval Yard. They're the primary law enforcement and counterintelligence arm of the U.S. Department of the Navy. They investigate all major criminal offenses, so felonies, within the Department of the Navy. So all the people that they are after are in the Navy or the Marine Corps. And every single week for 18 years, they are going after someone who committed a heinous felony. Yeah. So this paints. What which point? <laughs> this like inadvertently paints the Na the American Navy and Marine Corps as being rampant with felonious criminal activity, isn't it? So much so that they need like a whole team of special agents to take down all the fucking murderers in the Navy. Just regular sailors are just fucking murdering people yeah. all the time. There's so many sailors murdering people out there that they spun two spinoff shows. NCIS Los Angeles, so or NCIS LA, starring LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell. Oh, fuck. And then they have yep. NCIS New Orleans with Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula? Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. Oh, that guy. Yeah, you know Scott Bakula. Everyone knows and loves Scott Bakula. You often like casually blow through actor names like we all know the name. But most people well, I, aren't going to recognize I do him. all know that I, you are so wrong. There are so many people I have heard from, at least four, that are like, in, that, say, that admit you very rarely, Man, you're getting you know, very out. common actors' names and cultural references. Oh, that's horseshit. I you know the big all. ones. Nobody knows Scott Bakula. How many times have you referenced something that I didn't know what you were talking about versus the opposite? But I guarantee you, if you did a random poll on the street, 10 out of 10 people, I'll bet eight or nine of them would not recognize Scott Bakula without seeing his picture. But eight or nine, half of them voted for Donald Trump. So, do you want to take their opinion for worth anything? Your argument a minute ago was that everyone, like, everyone's familiar with these actors. Well, they And are. I'm the dumb one for not being familiar. Let's move on because this is not interesting. NCIS stars Mark Harmon as the, this guy named Gibbs. Gibbs. And it. It stars this guy named Sean Murray as this character named McGee. And every once in a while, I meet someone and they say, hey, do you watch NCIS? And I know what they're going to say. 
and I don't want them to say it. And I say, no, I don't. <laughs> and they say, well, there's this guy on it and you look exactly like him, which oh. I know the guy they're talking about. All, all, like I said, I know where they're going with it. But if you ask someone, have you watched the show? And they say no. And then you say, there's a guy on there you look exactly like. But you, they don't know who that person is. You've just given them zero information. So which guy is it? It's Sean Murray who plays McGee. Sean Murray who plays. I don't know. My grandma says it too. I don't think you look like him. Yeah, I don't either. All right. Hey, fuck you, Sean Murray. Don't look, you don't look like Sean Murray. I don't know what else to tell you. You look like the fucking knockoff me, you dickhead. <laughs> and it also stars uh, Abby the goth forensic scientist. On June 7th, 2019, the actress who played Abby the goth, Polly Perrette, she said she left NCIS due to an onset dog biting incident. What? She alleged multiple physical assaults. She also stated that she was terrified of her former co-star, Mark Harmon. Oh. Which made me wonder, did Mark Harmon dress up like a dog and bite her? <laughs> you know? It's what it sounds like. We got to get in touch with Polly Perrette. Now, the original executive producer of this show is Donald P. Belisario, who makes a bunch of these types of shows. It was reported in May of 2007 that he was going to step down from the show due to a disagreement with the series star, Mark Harmon. Uh, Belisario's duties as showrunner and head writer were taken away and given to somebody else. Huh. Mark Harmon is fucking dressing up like a dog and buying his way all over that show. Get this, too. I'm on his wiki. He was a college football player, and he received offers from major college football programs. He ultimately brought it down to UCLA and Oklahoma, and he ultimately chose UCLA, but the Sooners finished second that year, while the Bruins, the, the team he signed with, or the college he signed with, they stumbled to a 2-7 and seven record, placing last. Yeah. So... This guy just can't make any good decisions. First, he chooses the losing college team, and then he's dressing up like a dog, biting his co-stars. What year was that? 71. Wasn't it Dr. Phil played for Tulsa? Yeah. Remember, they, they lost like a historic 0 to 120 or some, maybe not that high, but... He held, yeah. He led them to their most shameless defeat. Yeah. Now I gotta look. Well, anyway, we covered it in our Dr. Phil Patreon episode, I remember, but... Anyway, why don't I give another guess here? Well, okay, I'll just do my number one. It's The Simpsons. Yeah, number one is The Simpsons. I think a lot of people, most people who understand TV know that The Simpsons is the longest running U.S. primetime TV series. It's still running at 32 seasons. God damn. They're way above, like number two is 22 seasons. So, that got, yeah. They're safe, I think. Although, I could see Law & Order SVU running for 32 seasons. The Simpsons, I feel like, needs to be put down. Yeah, do you still watch it anymore? The new seasons? No, I haven't watched... This is... It sounds crazy to say this. It's true. I haven't watched a new episode of The Simpsons in more than 20 years. But why is that? Because I know you love The Simpsons. So, like, w w was it something changed around that time? Yeah, the humor was different. Uh, the, like, heyday for The Simpsons was... From like seasons three to maybe like seasons eight, something like that. And then, I don't know, a lot of the original writers, I guess, had gone and I don't know, it just didn't have, didn't have it anymore. 
Yeah. You don't dislike The Simpsons, but you haven't watched it very much, have you? No, I don't dislike The Simpsons, but I, I've probably seen between five and ten episodes randomly. Oh, God bless. <laughs> my, my two-year-old son has definitely seen more Simpsons episode by request than you have. Well, I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a kid. So, that was I part wasn't of it. either. Yeah. I did it anyway because I knew it needed to be done. Uh, the Simpsons is a satirical depiction of American life epitomized by the Simpson family. Consists of Father Homer, Mother Marge, and children Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. Show is set in the fictional town of Springfield. Parodies American culture and society, television, and the human condition. It holds the record for the most guest stars featured in a TV series. I think at this point, you and I are the only people who haven't been a guest star on The Simpsons. Pretty much every major celebrity has either appeared on the show or done a voice for the show. It seemed like it used to be a bigger deal. Yeah. Like when Michael Jackson did a voice on the show kind of early on, and that was a, I remember that being a huge deal. I don't know when the last time I heard someone talk about current Simpsons is. Have you ever thought about going back and giving it a try on the new stuff? I mean, it's been 20 years. Maybe. I don't know. It's all on Disney Plus, which is like another wild thing. I think we mentioned it before. You forget that like, I don't know, there's literally dozens of seasons of The Simpsons also on there. Yeah. And my two-year-old requests them from time to time. And you still haven't seen two-thirds of the series. The Simpsons has been dubbed into several other languages, including Japanese, German, Spanish, and Portuguese. It's one of the few programs that's been dubbed in both Standard French and Quebec French. It has been broadcast in Arabic, but due to Islamic customs, (laughs) numerous aspects of the show have been changed. For example, Homer drinks soda instead of beer. Okay. and And he eats Egyptian beef sausages instead of hot dogs. Which, Homer doesn't eat a ton of hot dogs in the regular show. He eats, he likes donuts. So, that means they literally, animators literally have to make two versions of the same scenes. Or maybe more than two. I would assume so. Yeah. The Simpsons has gained notoriety for some jokes that eventually became reality. Perhaps the most famous example comes from the episode Bart to the Future, which mentions billionaire Donald Trump having been president of the United States at one time and leaving the nation broke. The episode first aired in 2000, 16 years before Trump was elected. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, people often forget, but Trump actually ran as an independent in, I I think, 1999 or right around there. He ran for president, I think, even in like the late 90s and shit. He... But, you know, he never loses. What a dork. What a... It was a half douche, half dork. What a douchey dork. All right, so there's... There's four left at seven? Four left at number seven. They all have 15 seasons. They're all recent? Mm-hmm. Are there any of them current? Nope. None of them are still airing. Are any of them a crime show? Yes. There's two that have the words crime or criminal in them. Criminal. And uh... both, unsurprisingly, aired on CBS, which is home to what I feel are boring as fuck crime shows. Criminal Minds? Criminal Minds is one of the shows tied for number seven. It's had 15 seasons, 15 fucking seasons of Criminal Minds. I've never seen an episode. It sounds, I've never seen it either. Sometimes when I tell people that I'm like interested in true crime and stuff, they'll be like, ooh, do you watch Criminal Minds? <laughs> right. I'm like, uh, ooh, <laughs> do I know? That's for people that think they're into true crime, but 
Yeah, yeah. They're like, ooh, yeah, I love creepy stuff. I watch Criminal Minds every week. I'm like, you mean that show that comes on after Walker, Texas Ranger? <laughs> it's an American police yeah. procedural crime drama TV series. No offense to any listeners that like. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's not for me, but hey, use your podcast and shit on all the shows I like. I don't care. Except Seinfeld. It became a big ratings hit for CBS. It regularly featured one of the network's most watched shows through its 15-year-long run. It spawned a media franchise with several spin-offs, including a South Korean adaptation and a video South game. South Korean? Is there a Disney World for Criminal Minds too, or Universal Studios? No, but there's a South Korean version of the show. Yeah, what is that? It's a show that they made. It's exactly like Criminal Minds, except they're in South Korea. It's called... This is... That's blowing your Kuriminio mind. Criminal Mandu. Let's start making some other games. Okay. Because Did you say there was one, another one that had the word crime in it? Yeah, there's another one that's about crime. It's crime in the name? Yeah. Well, there's letters and then there's the name crime. The name is stupid and I think this show is stupid. Just tell me. CSI, Crime Scene oh, Investigation. CSI. How could I not? Yeah, of course. CSI stands for Crime Scene Investigation. Yeah. So, the show is Crime Scene Investigation. Crime Scene Investigation. Oh, it's CSI colon Crime Scene Investigation? Yeah. That is dumb. CSI colon crime scene investigation. They don't know how colons like we fucking work. get it. You're investigating the crime scenes for 15 seasons. They investigated crime scenes. What's wrong with that, Brandon? Should they not investigate the crime scenes? Should they just let the crime scenes sit there and collect dust? Well, it's referred to also as just CSI. And also later referred to as CSI Las Vegas. It was an American procedural forensics crime drama television series. At one point, they had Ted Danson on there, and at one point, they had Lawrence Larry Fishburne. Those are two big names. And also Elizabeth Shue. It was the first in the CSI franchise, so it gave birth to (laughs) CSI Miami. It birthed CSI Miami with David Caruso. That's the one that spawned all the memes from like 10 years ago of him making like a stupid comment, and then he puts on his sunglasses and it goes, yeah. CSI Miami. CSI New York with Lieutenant Dan, Gary Sinise. Oh, yeah. I do like that guy. And then at one time, CSI Cyber with Patricia Arquette and Ted Danson, which I guess they were fucking, fucking cybering people all the time trying to catch perverts. Cybering. What a lost piece of history that no, no one likes to bring up anymore. Fucking <laughs> cyber with me. Mixing deduction and character-driven drama, CSI Crime Scene Investigation follows a team of crime scene investigators, fucking shock, employed by the Las Vegas Police Department as they use physical evidence to solve murders. The team is originally read by this guy named Gil, Gil Grissom, a socially awkward forensic entomologist, but his second-in-command, Catherine Willows, was a single mother with a cop's instinct. She was born and raised in Las Vegas and was a stripper before being recruited into law enforcement and training as a blood splatter specialist. That happens a lot. <laughs> we like someone to give in a cop a dance and he's like, you know, you'd make a really great blood splatter specialist. You <laughs> can tell by the way you're rubbing your ass on my boner outside of, from the outside of my pants. So, real-life crime scene investigators and forensic scientists have warned that popular TV shows like CSI, even specifically citing CSI, 
don't give a realistic picture of the work that they do. They wildly distort the nature of crime scene investigators' work. They exaggerate the ease, speed, effectiveness, drama, glamour, influence, scope, and comfort level of their jobs, which they describe as more mundane, tedious, limited, boring, and very commonly failing to solve a crime. (laughs) This is the main reason I can't stand this show. Another criticism of the show is the depiction of police procedure, which some consider to be decidedly lacking in realism. For instance, the show's characters not only investigate or process crime scenes, but they also conduct raids, engage in suspect pursuit and arrest, interrogate suspects, and solve cases, all of which falls under the responsibility of uniformed officers and detectives, not CSI personnel. Wouldn't it just be so much easier to just assign that stuff to different characters in the show? I don't know. It feels like it would give them more to work with, but they... That's closer to what Law & Order did. If this show did Law & Order, they would have them going from like answering the 911 call to showing up and investigating the crime to tracking down and arresting the suspect, Mm -hmm. interrogating them, jailing them, coming in and prosecuting them in court, and then probably also watching them at the jail, at the prison. And in the judge's robe. In real life, the nerds don't also get the guns. No, or the booty. Yeah, you either get a microscope, a gun, or you get to... No, that's it. You get a microscope or a gun. Okay, so that's CSI. You got two more left, both 15 seasons, both tied for number seven. So one of these, I have heard the name before. I couldn't tell you a fucking thing about it until I read a little bit about it today. And it's the only one that is not aired on like... Fox, NBC, or CBS, or ABC. This one started on the WWWB <laughs> for its first Yikes. two years and then moved over to the CW, which, you know, WB became right, C- right, right. CW. So that's already a big clue that it's some fucking thing for <laughs> nerds. <laughs> wow. Why is it for nerds? Just because it's on the CW? Do you watch anything on the CW? No, but I, I don't. It's like comic book stuff, but it's not... Oh, Smallville. No, it's not Smallville. That's a good guess. Comic book stuff. No, this isn't comic oh, book oh. stuff, but that I do have... This one is... I'm just going to have to tell you what it is. You're not going to okay. guess this. Have you ever heard of the show Supernatural? Yeah. I've never oh. seen it, but I've heard of it. Oh. You've heard of it. Do you know anything about it? I'm guessing there's natural elements that have super-like qualities. Yeah, it focuses primarily on the brothers Dean Winchester and Sam Winchester, played by Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, as they travel throughout the country hunting down evil supernatural creatures, demons, ghosts, monsters, and other supernatural. <laughs> other supernatural shit, yeah. It's a, like got a cult following, right? Yeah. And that's why it's, it's like a young adult type show, you know, kind of Yeah, like, I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of scared to say that stuff on a podcast because fans of CW shows will find you and cut your guts out Hmm. while wearing a costume that they made in their garage (laughs) of the show that you made fun of them for. Well, if anyone needs Brandon's address, hit me up on Twitter at The Nickamel. That fan base is active online and they have also written fan fiction stories about the show. So, remember I said these characters' names are Dean Winchester and Sam Winchester. Mm-hmm. One of the types of um, story, fan fiction they write is called Wincest, 
<laughs> the, the romantic pairing of brothers Dean and Sam Winchester to various other character pairings, the series fandom also gave rise to a new subgenre of erotic fan fiction and then to a subgenre of speculative erotic fiction in its own right called the Omegaverse. I don't know what now, the works. Fuck? What are we talking about? Works in the Omega Works genre feature humans with a wolf-like social structure oh. and sexual behavior. So somehow the nerds who like Supernatural fucking spun off into an erotic fan fiction whirlwind and created something called the Omegaverse where people are having wolf-like wolf societies. Sex. Well, that's something I didn't realize till now, but Supernatural and Tennis Podcasts have a lot in common, a lot of erotic fan fiction coming out of it. Um, from and the I hope not. <laughs> don't send it. If, we ha if you did, don't send it to me. Tennis zest. That's how you know we've made it. All right, there's one more left. Yeah. You've almost made it. This has been a slog. Now, did you watch Seinfeld in its original run? No. Oh, well, you've... This okay. show used to come on after Seinfeld. It's a medical drama show. ER. ER, yes. ER was also tied for number seven with 15 seasons. Now, ER was created by novelist and physician Michael Crichton, same guy who wrote Jurassic Park. Yeah. So, I had read Jurassic Park and liked it and I read some of his other books. So, when this show was coming out, it was by him and Steven Spielberg, the pilot, and it was coming on after Seinfeld. So, I was like, I'm going to watch this. Mm -hmm. This was one of the, the few other shows on here that I like have some knowledge of. This was the show that introduced George Clooney's late 90s Caesar haircut to the world. Caesar haircut. The, the name of his haircut that was very popular at the time. Like he kind of popularized it. He was like the Rachel of 90s hair. Yeah. The Caesar haircut that most, that most guys got was inspired, I think, by this George Clooney. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I recognize it. Hey, and I'm just going to say something. Uh -huh. George Clooney, man. Still got it. Yeah, that's a good-looking fella. I'd take him over Brad Pitt. Well, let's not get ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so this, this uh, show came about in 1974. Author Michael Crichton wrote a screenplay based on his own experiences as, as a medical student in a busy hospital emergency room. And the screenplay didn't go anywhere, and he focused on other stuff. So when he published Jurassic Park and then started collaborating with Steven Spielberg on the film, after that, he turned to ER and he worked with Spielberg on it. They decided to film it as a two-hour pilot for a TV series rather than a feature film. So, I guess you probably, you didn't watch ER, did you? No. Were they involved after the two-hour pilot? No. So, uh, Michael Crichton served as like an executive producer, I think, the whole time. So, who knows yeah. like what level of involvement he had. And no, Spielberg was done after like the pilot. The pilot, like... It was the, the second he was done filming, he never thought about it again for the rest of his life. He has produced a ton of stuff too on TV. Uh, it was one of the few shows that was filmed in widescreen from the very beginning, which I thought was interesting. At one point, they let Uncle Jesse, John Stamos, become a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still picking Clooney over Stamos though. Yeah, they like to have a lot of hunks in the ER. Yeah, just like in real ER. Yeah, I never see any hunks in the ER. No, I see a middle-aged kind of average looking woman telling me that while the hospital covers my insurance, the emergency room team does not cover my insurance. But they tell me that after. Anyway. 
Also, wait here. I'll be back in an hour and 47 minutes. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm going to run through the top seven-ish longest running scripted US primetime TV series again. Now, on the five tied for number seven were CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. No, I didn't say it twice. That's the real title yeah. of the show. Yeah. ER, Supernatural, Criminal Minds, and the Jack Benny program. Tied for number six uh, are Grey's Anatomy and American Dad with 17 episodes. Only one at fifth is uh, NCIS, 18 seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, the two tied for number four are Lassie and Family Guy with 19 seasons each. Talk about two different uh, shows, by the way. <laughs> the two tied for number three are Gunsmoke and Law and & Order with 20 seasons each. Number two, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, which is still airing about to give spawn to another mm. law and order organized crime where I guess Christopher Maloney is coming back. Uh, and then number one, The Simpsons with 32 seasons. 32 seasons and counting, of which Brandon has not seen over 20 seasons of. That's just weird to me. But I mean, but that's... Not, so, I get like, falling out with the show, but you love Simpsons. It's just like, give it a but shot. But also a show airing for 32 years is ridiculous. Well, I don't disagree, but anyway. Cool. Well, I'm really glad we covered that. A lot of very useful knowledge. The moral of the story is The Simpsons needs to be put down like a dog with renal failure. Well, you say that, but it's still doing some of the best ratings on television. So, what you going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to close out with some positivity from our podcast reviews. First one from Crime Divers Podcast on Podchaser. Nick and Brandon have really got nice voices, LOL. This is a really good podcast. So, is the LOL supposed to indicate that they're joking? No, it's more like, hee <laughs> 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 It's yeah. a little bit bashful. Well, I think, you know, they like my voice and they don't want to make you feel bad. So, they threw you in, you know, threw your bum. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Thanks, Crime Divers. Check out Crime Divers, by the way. Really good true crime pod. I wonder if they like criminal minds. You know what's a good, uh, a good bad? True crime show is, um, fuck, what's it called? Bones. No, it's not a scripted. It's a, it's on like a True TV. Fuck, what's that called? Forensic Files? Yeah, Forensic Files. I like that show. Yeah. It's like a good show to like when I'm in a hotel room and I just turn it on to have it in the background. Forensic Files is usually on. Yeah. And it's always some creepy guy. Yep. The Reset on Apple Podcasts says, I was hooked. 10 minutes into listening. Nick and Brandon have great chemistry and they're both very charismatic speakers. You have definitely gained a new follower and listener. That's two reviews in a row back to back that are complimenting our speaking ability, Brandon. What do you have to say for yourself? My back is getting sore from all the padding that they're doing. What these reviews tell me, first of all, thank you for the reviews. If you want me to read yours, leave a review on Apple Pods or Podchaser and I'll read it no matter what it says. But what these reviews tonight tell me is that, um, yeah, I, I'm more convinced there's some erotic Nick and Brandon fan fiction out there. <laughs> Keep it to yourselves. <laughs> Enjoy it, but don't ever let me know about it. I think, you know, if they were to turn our podcast into a romance novel cover, which one of us is the big hunky shirtless guy and which one of us is the, the damsel? Bitch. <laughs> I didn't, you said it, not me. You're the damsel. <laughs> oh, whoa, okay. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs> okay. I think that's Brandon signing off. 
Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 122. Goodbye. Thanks.